Chapter 3, we're going to learn the laws governing putting on one's garment and proper bearing. Very, very fascinating how detailed the, law, the halacha is going to be about how we should get dressed in the morning. It is written in Micha. Where's Micha? Micha, we're reading your book here. It is written in Micha 6 8, and you should walk modestly with your God. That means in front of Hashem we have to be modest. And Hashem is everywhere. And therefore, a person must conduct himself modestly in all his ways. If Hashem is everywhere, we should not even reveal any part of our skin that we don't want someone else to, that halachically someone else shouldn't see, even just to the four walls of our house. And I was careful, I said that we shouldn't halachically show others. Because many of us may not be concern, concerned for people to see parts of our body. But Halacha says, and we'll learn it, that these are parts of your body that should not be revealed. Those parts of your body that shouldn't be revealed shouldn't even be revealed to Hashem. What does that mean? Thus, when putting on or taking off your robe or any other garment worn directly upon your skin, if this is a garment that's not on your skin, so you're not going to be revealing your body. But if this is a garment on your body, you should be very careful not to expose your body. Rather, you should put it on and take it off only when he's lying in bed covered, under your blanket. So you should ideally get dressed under your blanket. If a shim is everywhere. Yes. Hashem himself is telling you that here it is. Let, let, me, let me explain. Good, good point. Under your blanket, you're showing modesty. Right. No one could see you. There's another scenario which is in the bathroom. In the bathroom, we'll learn, or in a bathhouse, you're allowed, to, you're allowed to take off your clothing. You're allowed to go into a mikvah without any clothing on. But it, it should be in a place where it's appropriate. Appropriate is in the bathroom or under your blankets, according to Allah. And he should not say, here I am in my innermost room and in the dark. The light is, I even turn on the light. How could Hashem see me? Who will see me? For the glory of the Holy One Blessed is He fills the entire world. And darkness is as light before Hashem may His name be blessed. So it's light in your room and Hashem sees everything. Furthermore, acting with modesty and bashfulness brings a person to feel submission before Hashem. May His name be blessed. So, the way we get dressed should be covering ourselves or in the bathroom. Are there any questions? I know this is a novel. A lot of what we're going to learn, by the way, will probably be novel. This is, it's very fascinating. Um, the reasoning, yes. forgive me, the reasoning Please. seems incredibly flawed. Okay. Um, the, he should say, he should never say to himself, Lord, I'm alone in my inner chamber and in the dark, but see me, the glory of the Holy One, blessed is he fills the universe, including under the sheets, and the darkness and light are alike to him, and under the sheets is the same as anywhere else he can see. Um, it seems, I, I just don't understand if a person walks in the room and says you're naked by accident, they've broken a commandment. Sure, fine, but this is, that's not the reasoning that the that the chapter is giving. That I in in that section. In, in the end, it says, "And a modesty and a sense of uh, and modesty and a sense of shame indicate humility before him." Blessed is his name. 
so I can understand maybe the, the reasoning should be that you should have a sense of modesty, but a sense of modesty before Hashem, Hashem is everywhere, including under my clothing at this very moment. Hashem is even in the bathroom. Right. And Hashem is even in the darkest of dark, like, like the most unholy of unholy. Mm-hmm. But how... But how Hashem is revealed is different in every place. Right? Like we, like we learned, the revelation of Hashem in the, in the lowest of low. Let me give you an example Tanya gives. Hashem is everywhere, to quote Tanya. But you could take a king and put his, he put his head into a toilet bowl. You could do that. But that's not respectful. And our goal is, God forbid, to make that happen. So our, our goal is to keep Hashem only the most respectful of places. Did that help a little bit? I have another question. No, I just want to finish this. I understand that our, that our actions, um, we shouldn't take... Um, we shouldn't, so in the, in the case as Tanya gave, so we, you know, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't take the energy that would be being given from Hashem and do, God forbid, the opposite of a mitzvah. Right. Um, so to that extent, yes. You know what? The question is a good question. I don't have such a good answer. Okay. I, I appreciate it. I, 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 the question is good. Yes, Dr. Mala. Well, uh, so in Bereshit it says when, when Hashem created people, they were naked. Yes. I mean, initially. And then, and then I guess they, you know, then they, they got a fig leaf. Yeah, yeah. But initially they were naked. So yeah. There was nothing wrong with that. I mean, there was initially. So how did we get from there to here? At the time they were using, if you don't mind. Please, please. At the time they were using their bodies exclusively for the service of Hashem. So their entire bodies, when they were created, were only used in the service of Hashem. And then they realized. Um, after having not used their bodies in the service of Hashem, that they took in this opposite of a mitzvah. Now it's in their body and it's everywhere in their body, and their body is no longer in the service of Hashem and they were ashamed. So they covered their body in this. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to add in which organ do we see the most godliness? Maybe I'm mistaken in the statement, I'm, I'm extracting it a little bit, but we see godliness the greatest in the organs of reproduction. In the creation of a child, that's the deepest level of godliness. So certainly, there's nothing embarrassing, there's nothing uh, unholy about our body. Actually, the Torah states that the greatest holiness lies, you know, within the acts of intimacy, etc. So I agree with you that we're not talking about here about uh, something embarrassing. But what we are talking about, what, what did change though, is our, is our understanding of these parts of our body has changed. Like Tim was saying. Our understanding of... Yes. Has changed with the sin. And therefore, for that reason, we need to show modesty. So it seems Dr. Mello's question is very... Is... is, is gets us to a place where we can start understanding the, the, the source of this in, uh, to begin with, right? So it's, 
yes, our, um, I guess even inside it says the same, he should never say to himself, sort of, it's, it's within his own um, perception, I guess, we're, we're, we're carrying around Hashem and a revealed, please correct me as soon as I go off. Kill Actually, me. I like this point you're making, if that it's talking about me and you. Right, if we're carrying around Hashem uh, in, in our perception, yeah. Uh, so to speak, then if, if in our perception we can walk around with everything hanging out um, and not feel ashamed or, or not feel any sense of modesty right. necessary, hmm. uh, this would be akin to the, um, you know, not having a, an appropriate mindset about right. one's body. And that would also go back to our point of dressing under the blanket. Right. That would probably give you more clarity because it's about me and my perception Hashem is everywhere, and the way I we are today, this wouldn't be appropriate. So it's okay. well, Dr. Mazzamalov, would that answer your question? Yeah. So so, okay. Yeah. Yes, Tim, go ahead, and then I wanted yeah, to learn yeah, yeah. one more before we conclude. Yeah, sorry, thank you. No, no, not at all. Allowing us to hang on this one a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. So he should uh, he should put it on removal while saying he should never say etc. He um, so it's really a we, we, what this is it's seeming to say is not so much that we want to hide ourselves from Hashem, it's impossible. Right. But rather that we should not think that we can hide ourselves from Hashem. You know, I appreciate that, exp the, that explanation. Thank you. Yeah, sounds good. Do you think it's good, Baruch? Works for me. Works. Okay. Number two, another, another novel idea. We are Jewish people and we do not copy the non-Jewish clothing styles. Let's see that inside. It is forbidden to follow the traditions of idolaters, and one may not imitate them, neither in modes of dress, nor in styles of hair and the like. As the verse states, do not follow in the traditions of the nations that I expelled before you. Else, elsewhere, we're going to quote three verses telling us, elsewhere the verse also states, do not follow in their traditions. And in another context, the verse states, beware for yourself, lest you be attracted to follow after them. So this idea of assimilation, that uh, the tragic idea of assimilation, the Torah was very familiar with this concern and says, we are, diff we are unique. It's to, we're not saying here, just to be clear, we're not saying here we're better. It's not about better or worse. We're, di we're all, everybody is, is unique in their own person. And the way we dress, the way our hair looks, is different than others. For example, a person should not wear an article of clothing that is designated by other nations to convey haughtiness, such as a garment worn by dignitaries. An example of this is a case mentioned in the Gemara that it is forbidden to, for a Jew to imitate them even with regard to the type of shoelaces that one wears. They used to have a specific shoelace and that shoelace was not appropriate for the Jewish people. This means that if the manner of the nations was to tie it in one way and the manner of Jews was to tie it in another way so, or if, if it was their custom to wear red laces and the Jewish custom was, wear to, was to wear black ones Let's stop here for a moment. Here, we've just established that if to the Jewish custom and a non-Jewish custom, then the Torah is telling us we need to keep the Jewish custom. Even on a silly thing of your shoelace. But if that's the Jewish custom, that's the way it needs to be. And now we're going to talk also about black. People always ask, why do you see people wearing black? Where does, here it goes, here's the source of it. Since wearing black is a mark of humility, self-effacement, and modesty. 
So this is why we wear blacks. Then it is forbidden for a Jew to change his custom to that of the other nations. So if there's a custom for the, the Jewish people at the time were one thing and the non-Jewish another, we shouldn't switch. From this example, each person can learn to apply according to his own place and time. That any garment designated, designed to convey haughtiness or immodesty should not be worn by a Jew. Rather, his garments should be fashioned such that they bespeak submission to Hashem's self-effacement and modesty. So, there's no rule, there's no like, uh, you know, this type of, there's no guide list on, on, on uh, Wikipedia that says this is what the non-Jews wear, this is what the Jews wear. This is something that the times and each place decides. And, and you know yourself. What is appropriate and what is inappropriate? Is this what all the coolest, I don't know, you know, cool, cool is not a bad thing, I'm saying there's not something bad with being cool, but if this is, if this is the fad of the non-Jews, you know, then it wouldn't be appropriate for the Jewish people to take it on. This halach is expressed thus in the, in the medri, in the sifri, you should not say, since others go out dressed in purple, I too will dress in purple. Since they go out with armor, I too will go with armor. For these are arrogant and haughty practices and they have no place within the nation of Yaakov, the Jewish nation. Rather, their manners and customs should reflect modesty and humility and they should not turn to the arrogant nations in imitation of their ways. Likewise, anything that non-Jews practice as a custom and an unexplained tradition, such that there is reason to be concerned about it, it tra contains a trace of idolatry, a Jew must refrain from doing this thing. So if there are items... I'll give you an example. Valentine, Valentine's Day. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing. You give someone that you really like a nice gift. What's the problem with it? What's the problem? I think you had to do with St. Valentine. St. Valentine. It's based yeah. off of a, a completely non... non uh, a com another religion's people. So the idea of, of having a day that you show love to someone you love, that's beautiful. But it has a trace of something inappropriate within it. Um, the same thing, you know, about, about Halloween. So many people say that it's just, it's just fun, trick, you know, you're just getting candy. And if you, but that would be nice if it was just a day to get candy. However, in its roots, there are some things that trace back to other religions, and therefore it wouldn't be appropriate for us. Um, yes, Dr. Malav. Um, uh, people these days, though, I mean, they don't, <laughs> they're not cognizant of that. And that, that's the biggest concern, actually. Exactly that point. The fact that they're not cognizant is a problem. I mean, the non-Jews are not cognizant. Correct, correct. But the moment that it was started with a trace of idolatry, yeah. you, it's not going away, even if they don't know about it. Okay. Yeah. I have another question about modesty. Uh, well, let's, so let's finish this section, and then we'll, go, well, then we'll get to it. Likewise, you should not cut your hair, nor grow your hair like them. Rather, you should be distinct in your way of dress and speech and in the rest of your actions. Just as you are, we are distinct in our belief and our character traits. And this we see from the Pasuk, the Torah that says, For I've separated you from the nations to be mine. Um, Dr. Malov, it's interesting. Two points. Number one is, the Ramah says clearly, I'm just seeing this footnote now, to quote, if there is no apparent reason for a tradition, 
that is reason enough to suspect that it has idolatrous roots, but they were forgotten. If people don't know, that's a concern that it has idolatrous roots. That's from the Ramah. Um, yes, Dr. Malov. So, um, I, I remember when I was in the, the zoo in, I think, <coughs> and there were some Amish people there. Yeah. And they were dressed very modestly. Yes, yeah. Okay. They were, they were non-Jews, okay. <coughs> um, so, I mean, they, you know, they, the, the women had long dresses down to their ankles, and they had hair coverings. Right. And very modestly. So, so I'm not sure it's totally uh, uh, appropriate to, to sort of label all non-Jews as being, you know, dressing immodestly. Because it depends on the, the culture and the, and the environment and how they were raised and so on. That's an incredible point. And I, I apologize if at any moment I, I made you feel that we're talking about non-Jews being dressed immodestly. That was one of the points was that they dressed immodestly. But the main point we're making here is not about, immod about, not about modesty. We're making a new point in number two, of chapter, chapter three, number two, which is that we, are, we want to dress differently than others. And we're not going to copy them. Because we're Jewish people. That itself. That Now, if other people dress, we don't need to stop dressing like people because they start, if people, let's say, are copying us. We don't need to stop. But to go ahead and say, wow, that religion, I love what they're wearing, let's copy them. Or that group of people, I love what they're wearing, let's copy them. That would be inappropriate. Because we have our own distinct way of dress. Does that make sense? Okay. So again, we're not, we're not at all coming and saying that they're dressed immodestly. Um, just a few quick pointers. Number one is, one example that's given is, can a doctor wear a doctor's robe? Hmm. It's a question. Wear a white coat? A white coat. Oh. Can a doctor wear, this is a, a real question, I'll, I'll, so. <laughs> I'll, I'll quote to you the, the source of it. First of all, just to say, the Yaivitz, very holy person who wrote a sitter, he writes that people that wear immodest clothing or copying other fads that are not from re religious, from Jewish sources, this is his quote, he says, this is an opening for many tragic things. That's a quote from him. Um, um, I just want to find that place about a doctor. The Ramah says, again, one of the authors of the Shulchan Aruch, he says, if the garment is worn for a positive reason, and he says, like a doctor, and you want to be able to distingu dis distinguish the doctor from others, it's completely appropriate. So joining a force of people, and that's not about being Jewish, a police force, um, that's, that's appropriate. Um... Yes. A any other questions? So throughout here, um, forgive me if this is a repetition of an earlier question from a few um, things ago, but throughout here, uh, <coughs> the Shulchan Ar continues to use the word idolatry and idolaters, right? Yes. Not all non-Jews are idolaters. Yes. So there's some opinion that there's no such thing as an idolatrous religion nowadays. Yes, yes. Um, we have religion nowadays. So in... In, in what way does that influence our, our perception of these? Um, so here, for example, it says, uh, 
regarding the holidays or, or the customs rather that they're um, um, he should not imitate any of their customs even if there's but a slight suspicion of idolatrous intent. right right so so it's from another religion but it's not idolatrous um, does uh, does that influence our perception of how we should treat the custom? So the question is, if there's no trace of idolatry, is there a problem? Right. So it's not Jewish. Right. It is from a different religion, but the religion itself isn't idolatrous. Is right. that a problem? Right. So, <coughs> if there's a trace of idolatry, it's completely forbidden. That's a, that's a question of the laws of Avodazar, a very serious section. We're not, here we're talking about the idea of the distinction of a Jew. We are Jewish people. And part of being Jewish people is that we dress as a Jew. Um, so I don't think, my understanding of this area is, although it does use the word ovde kochavim, idolaters, we're not specifically talking about people that serve idols. This, this section here is telling us that we are a unique people. And we want to dress like that. We don't want to stick out. We're going to learn to dress, to dress and not look nice is actually a very big embarrassment for Hashem. So we want to look nice and appropriate, but we don't want to copy other people. Thank you. So should we understand throughout the Shulchan Aruch that, that, the, that this term idolaters or idolatry is, is really synonymous with non-Jews because that was appropriate at the time? Gen generally speaking, yes. Okay. yes, yes. Thank you. So let's just review this. The two, two items we've learned in section 3, which is number one is Hashem is everywhere and therefore we need to be modest and cognizant of that when we are changing. It's appropriate to change either under your blanket or in the bathroom. And second of all is we should be very proud of the way we dress and dress as a Jew um, and not try and copy other people in our dress. Not only in our dress, but in our hairstyles, in our speech, and in our mannerisms. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.